1: Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Yes,
2: I'm going to let you finish. Courtney, Amy,
0: and that and it's the week where I always think it's actually the week of Thanksgiving, but it's actually not the week of Thanksgiving. And I get I get very confused. And that's just the way I roll. Confusion. (laughs) I am in a ball of confusion all of the time. How are so we, you?
2: I am good. We do have some guests on this show. Oh,
0: I'm so excited. I put on concealer. None of you can <laughs> see it, of course, because I am literally concealed. So how would you know? We have the delicious, delightful, and absolutely brilliant Mark Pringle and Barney Hoskins, who are celebrating the 20th anniversary of their website, Rock Back Pages, and they're Podcast has been going for a couple of years. And Courtney, they are our first international guests. We are going to be talking to them from a foreign... They're in a foreign country.
2: Very exciting. And you'll know
0: what it is as soon as they start talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of foreign countries,
2: <laughs>
0: Los Angeles is a weird place, don't you think?
2: I mean... <laughs> I have a very interesting thing with L.A. because it's very pretty when I'm there. I have a shit ton of friends that live there. You know, I used to have to fly back and forth there. Sometimes it would be multiple times a month. But it was always a place I knew I never wanted to live. It's a weird place to me. You know, it's just it, there's a lot of L.A. rules that kind of different than the New York East Coast rules. It's just a weird place.
0: Well, we are talking about L.A. not because we want to be there, but because this we've been taught. We've been championing this underground, undersung uh, young woman artist. Yeah. Um, so some what the lady, hell is her name? What is she? Yeah, so, what, is like, what is uh, her name? What is her name? Adele. 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 Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Adele. Mm-hmm. So we've been trying to, you know, because we're here for the people. We want to support, especially young women artists. It's really hard to get a record on the air these days. Mm So Adele did a little intimate show, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other night on CBS. Now I in, and it was filmed in Los Angeles, beautiful location. Now I will tell you that um, I didn't even remember it was on until I was on social media mm-hmm. and saw somebody post it. Because as you know, Courtney, Sunday is ninety day fiance. And you night. are
2: very much you dedicated. Uh, you have, yeah, you have your your moment with that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's I
0: have to watch it in real time because mm-hmm. I am watching it via phone with my best friend. So. Mm-hmm. So the little bit I did, so Adele, you know, English people do like LA because the weather in London is shit. So when they can go to LA and get sunshine, they're very excited. I watched bits and blabs of it and All right. She looked amazing. We know that. She's Mm -hmm. impeccable. She's gorgeous. The setting was amazing. Mm -hmm. The problem was, is that she was literally, it looked like the Academy Awards, like the (laughs) C-list of the Academy Awards. (laughs) So you had Ellen DeGeneres. Okay, fine. Whatever. The Kris Jenner and her whatever boyfriend. It was a very... We all know Adele is very rich and famous, right? We're not pretending she's not rich and famous. She's not going to go to Costco and go, Costco shoppers, come down the aisle four. Well, (laughs) no. Well, (laughs) what
2: she said was, and she did address this in the beginning, that most of those people there she knew were friends because she knew she had to get out there, but she wanted to feel comfortable and she needed to perform. So I get that. Yeah. So I have no problem with it being an audience of like Drake was there and Lizzo, who seems to be like, there's an envelope opening on 12th Avenue and 43rd Street. I Lizzo know. will be there in some outfit that we're not going to care about instead of being someplace in a studio, really trying to get her fucking. Music oh, Courtney, together.
0: you're so judgmental. You want artists I to sure work on their music? Sure I sure
2: am. I'm going to say that out just- loud. Yeah. Stop being annoying and go make a great record because we all loved you and then you got super fucking annoying. It's like I almost forgot that she makes music. <laughs>
0: um, well, I like I said, I only hear was the preview of the record. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she sounds great, blah, blah, blah. It was a little disconcerting to have the constant cutting to the famous people. You know, her she has been she is dating Rich Paul, who's a really big sports management guy. And I would have liked a little more LeBron, a little less Chris Jenner. In terms of the vibe but the the real issue was that adele sat down with oprah who has managed the con i mean she's not a bad interviewer oprah i, I should back that up because i'm not saying i don't want like the I same people who hate the con <laughs> she, but she is not the greatest interviewer of her time but she has very brilliantly positioned herself as that and bless her heart but the interview was like dripping with los angeles um safe space my journey oh, owning myself I don't want oh, no. to know
2: did you see all oh, the moment when when they first sit down and she's like because they're in Oprah's rose garden and right. she's like and, and Adele says to him, it is almost like an English garden and Oprah of course well you know my tea house is right over right. there I they know yeah. shot. And I'm like well <laughs> yeah. yes of course yes goes, there you go of course of she has tea a tea house, house. of course <laughs> Courtney don't you have a
0: tea house come on yeah
2: I gotta tell you something I really love Adele in an interview. I didn't really care about that interview. It seemed like very 1987 sort of big celebrity interview. Yeah. Like, I like when Adele is a little more... Hungover? No, not hungover, <laughs> but she's more like maud. You know what I mean? She's more yeah, of yeah. And I like when she's giving that moment as opposed to... I really didn't care about her being divorced. I don't think any of us did. Like she did have one of those public marriages. It's like great,
0: we just want the album.
2: You know yeah. what I mean? It's well, like, okay, great. That's great.
0: I appreciate that it's, you know, I mean, if you're if you're talking about an album that is very personal and stuff like that, I you know because every
2: artist say this is my most personal work Well, have. Mary J. Blige says <laughs> that every
0: freaking oh, album. No,
2: well, every well, every album with her is you know, I'm just her growth. <laughs> her growth. <laughs> And you know, cause I'm, <laughs> I'm Her feeling growth. strong. And, you know, I I'm stronger. Feel so much, and I'm yeah, like, my I'm growth. glad you are, but
0: haven't you been married J. Blige at this point? For like growing, how much years? more can you grow? <laughs> you can only grow so much and then you explode. Yeah. No, look, we all, I, I, okay. Now I'm going to, uh, okay. I have to duck when I say this, <laughs> I've suddenly begun to realize that I like the idea of an Adele more than I actually like. It. I like Adele as a human being. I think Absolutely. she's great. Yes, I think she's too. a lot of fun. And look, this was cbs this is oprah this is you know the big barbara streisand interview type Mm -hmm. of thing this is very mainstream she couldn't get up there smoking a blunt and you know like kicking it okay i understand all that it was a little much Mm -hmm. okay but (laughs) her songs are all starting i like her up tempo more they're starting well, to all yeah. kind of be the same, and well, she's starting. It is, is, yes, it's big. Well, you could tell it's this is big.
2: About, now we just know now that this is about to be an album full of emotional, like piano-y, right? Big, too. Big. It's so gonna be it's, big. So it's kind of like if I if I could be one thousand percent honest with you, I was a little bored. Yeah, I just that's just me. I get. I, I, like, I was.
0: You know, I will be ninety nine point nine percent honest with you. I was a lot bored.
2: <laughs> and like you, I really enjoy Adele. I think she's great. I was invited to a concert. I did not go because, for me, as much as I love her voice, I was like, I understand what it is. I've yeah. seen her sing. I don't feel like I need two hours of that.
0: Yeah, but not I think be it's great. Yeah, it's not
2: going to be a and, show. And it is a show if you like that kind of show. And, yes. I, I, and I have been in the mood for that sort of show. You know what I mean? But I also understand there are people that I love on record that I don't need to see live. Yeah, and I just no. know. And I believe she's one of, and like I said, I've seen, if you've never seen her sing live, you should see her sing live once because she does really, she's one of those people who does sound incredible. And can sound like her record right and that's what most people want when you go see somebody you need them to sound 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 like your like like the records I, but, I love but like you I feel it the idea I love I, I love, it. love I, I I'm a huge fan of her very first album Yes. To me, 19 is the album. And the second album. And the second album. I enjoyed the second album, but the first one is the one for me. Like I the introduction to that voice, I love those songs. And then, you know, 21 is amazing. That just, you know, did the thing. Twenty-five, I thought was the album where Hello is great. You have some, I like when we were young, but that's the, at that point, she could have been singing the nursery book and everybody would just be like, I love this.
0: Well, if the record comes out this Friday, I'm sure it's going to be a little blip on the radar. You know, no one's going to hear.
2: I don't know. I hope hope, when it sells. I hope hope, hope it debuts good. Yeah. I I mean, I hope when it
0: goes gold, they acknowledge (laughs) our help and give us a little plaque, you know?
2: But all it right, goes well, gold in the first half hour of being a Right, exactly. <laughs> but it
0: goes gold before they can finish saying... Uh, <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying, exactly. All right, well, speaking of another woman who really... Uh, uh, all right, so Taylor Swift, she's been re-recording all her albums because uh, Scooter Braun took them from her, and and, and that's all fine. Now, a, a true admission, the only song I, I never heard read, um, I like the song that everybody who doesn't like Taylor Swift likes... Um, the I Knew You Were Trouble song because everybody, yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. everybody likes that song. Yeah, everybody likes that song. if They don't like Taylor Swift. Um, I just think at this point, and I understand she's re-recording. I think at this point when you were 32, 33 years old, and you're up there singing a 10-minute mini-series about Jake Gyllenhaal, of all people, breaking up with you when you were 20, and you went out for, what, three months? Let it go. Let it go. But I don't feel like,
2: I I have a different stance on that, right? Because her performing that version of the song is because that is really, was never a single. And that song is one of her most requested and biggest fan favorites. And they knew that there was a longer version because she had talked about it and chopped it down. So... To me, it made sense, her doing that, because she put out the little mini-movie, and and possibly, you know, all of the fans are attributing it to Jake because of that period in time, but I will say this about her. Now, she's someone I actually appreciate for a different reason, because I don't really enjoy her singing voice live ever at all. I don't. I think she has a very flat... It's a a weird... Thin, very thin. it's, It's a weird singing voice. But I do enjoy... I have enjoyed, and I think I've said this to you before, her adult records, like as she's gotten older. I thought Lover was great. I think Folklore is great. Folklore is very good. And I've enjoyed these re-recorded albums, re-record Fearless Taylor's version I thought was really good. And I really like this re-record on Red because as someone who was not a Taylor Swift fan, The one song that she had that I actually really liked was We Are Never, Ever, Ever Getting Back Together, and that's on this. But I just like the vocals, and I like why she's doing it, because I do believe that I understand that people invest in artists, but then I I always feel like that should be some sort of 50-50 split. It can't be like, well, I gave you the money, It's like, and I helped produce your record, but it does not work without the artist.
0: Right. I guess my
2: objection is like you're not breaking up with someone if you went
0: out with them for three months. No,
2: but, you know, I think the fans have put more on to that whole story and have brought that back than her. You know what I mean? Just because of the time period of when the album was. Yeah. And I can remember being in my early 20s and dumb and thinking I was in a relationship or whatever that was. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like you're a little Mm. less mature about it than you think you are. You think you're mature. Then you look back and you say, oh, whatever. That being said, she did the performance on Saturday Night Live and I just remember sitting there going
3: "You like She what? can't
2: you sing. Know, you, say you, it. You've been on tour for a long time. <laughs> can't sing. You've been sing. singing for a long time. <laughs> What is it with these vocals that just seem like she can't sing? But it's just a weird thing. It's She's weird. a great,
0: very good songwriter. She is not Excellent a strong songwriter. singer. No. She's not a strong singer, and that's it. And but uh, you know, it, but it, I uh, like
2: her fight, and I like her. I like ooh. anybody who's trying to fight for other artists because you know Ashanti is now doing that. She is re-recording her first album because. Well, here's the thing those songs get played a lot. No, and, I, I'm not laughing because of that. Herb just... Gotti owns all of those right. masters and he's mad at her and he's making public statements saying, yeah, I own those masters and she's trying to basically fuck me out of my money. And it's like, okay, well, clearly she feels like she's being fucked out of her money. Cause she's, it's been 20 something years. And it's like the fact that she has no ownership in the masters. I do wish there was some laws put into place where, there comes a point where the artist's work has to revert back to them. I don't think you should be able to just keep someone's work forever and then be like, well, I paid for this, you did, but you've made your money a hundred times fold. It's like there has to be a way for people who wrote this work and perform this work to get their work back. And I don't believe you should just be able to sell it to some conglomerate of faceless people right. who are just going to go out and shove it in commercials and movies and do whatever they want with your work. You know, so I will give it to Taylor Swift for that. But baby, when she starts singing, Amy, Mm-mm. I'm just always sitting there going, I want to really like you. No, nah,
0: you don't have to, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, she seems like a nice person, but I don't want to listen to her sing. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So Brittany is free. And you know what the best thing about this is, Courtney? Mm-hmm. I no longer have to pretend to give a fuck about her Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm very glad that the conservative has been over i would like as the kids say to see all these free britney people keep that same energy and direct it maybe at people who and i'm not discounting what the woman went through it's Mm -hmm. sexist it's misogynist we know plenty of men who have acted the fool way worse than she has Mm -hmm. and that had somebody clamped down but i would like to see people now turn their attention if they wish to the plight of those who don't have the means to do this, uh, to fight things, and who well, un- I will.
2: Well, if you will see, this kind of case has put conservatorship. Really in the spotlight? No, it has. Y- you and know, I'd like to see yeah. it
0: maybe go into a, mm. a, a situation where we now have laws. Yeah, and stuff. absolutely. But you know, uh, yay, Brittany, let's go. Another person who seems like a perfectly nice person, though. I think she's a Republican, but whatever. Um, you know, she can't. Yeah, I don't sing. care about what
2: party people are. We yeah, always
0: I, go into this. I yeah, do. I, don't, I know you do. I don't. I don't care about that. You know what I
2: mean? But There's, I'm glad. I know she's plenty, free. plenty rotten ass Democrats. So I'm not even. You know. Man, what well, yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's important that we don't listen i'm glad that her team her new team said we have we have fail safes in place to protect her and her money and her career but she is making her choices so that makes me happy because even if she has some things going on with her mental health whatever it is we don't see listen andy dick just again got arrested for right. hitting well, his man. with like he's done so much crazy shit, no one has put him in a. There's well, nobody, so many men. That's because do,
0: nobody cares about him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not trying to be mean. No, but, but I'm you just know, saying, nobody the, again, cares. Crazy
2: things. You've never heard anybody swooping and saying, "We have to put." you And right. men get to do all kinds of really right. bad shit. Right. That's and it. nobody's like, "We need to put you in a conservatorship." Right. So if she were, and even if she were to lose her money, guess what? People lose their money she made it she can she be able to lose it if she wants to hopefully that won't happen but it's like I've had a friend of mine say she's been so crazy lately and I had to say well could you imagine for 13 years somebody controlling every move of your life you don't have the keys to your car you can't do anything you can't just go have a drink you can't hang out with your friends you you can't do anything and you're paying all of the people millions of dollars I think I'd go crazy too well, So congrats Brittany congrats Take some Brittany. time go Brittany. chill out Enjoy your freedom and yeah, bozzy, and, bozzy,
0: you know, stay out of the studio. All right, brief. Uh, let's do the go brief. Go back
2: in the studio because I want to stay Britain
0: out America. of the studio. No, I want to brief. uh, uh it, mm. As for word that the lawsuits are coming in, one more person has can died in Nigeria. Are- j- that
2: shit gets worse every day, man. Uh-huh. it gets worse every because now you're just hearing about things where you're hearing the communications breakdown of people being like "Close, stop the show and no one stopped the show. Right, It's That's really important. Yeah, and then you're hearing that they went out and they had a big old after party at a strip club. And I'm just kind of like, your show got stopped early. And it was like, well, we didn't know what was happening. The show got stopped. <laughs> there was clearly an event happening. You are the organizer of this event, sir. And I'm looking at Live Nation. How did you not know? Like, the shit was going on. By the time the show stopped, the event was going on for damn near an hour. So I'm very confused. There's a lot of people in trouble. God bless the souls of the people who passed away, including young nine-year-old Ezra, which is just horrific, and people who are still in the hospital. And I just hope they get justice for those families, because that's just... I've, I think you and I both have said it. No one's supposed to die going to a concert. That's supposed to be the most fun. You're not supposed to die going to a show. You know?
0: Um, all right. So we, do you want to uh, talk a little about Diana Ross? And we'll talk, Or do you want to talk about Silk Sonic with, with Barney and, um, and Mark? You know what's
2: really funny? I have the Silk Sonic record. I've not played it. All right, well, I I'll am be, not be, a Bruno Mars fan. All and right. I know well, when
0: let's, I tell
1: that to people. No, let's cannot, let's talk uh, yeah. about
0: them with them though, because yeah. they might have an interesting perspective of it. Because I don't I wonder how big his if he's an internet. Let's talk about it with them because I'd be interested. Well, in, yeah, Bruno's absolutely a big international Yeah, I'd be interested artist. in yeah. hear what they have to say about it. So you want Diana
2: Ross is I'm this is the great mystery to me with this record. She signs with Decca out of the UK. This is her first album of original material in 15 years. They've done remixes of the first two singles. Thank you. The name of the album is Thank You. Thank you. And I wish people would dance. And then the release week comes and there's nothing. Nothing. There's no Diana Ross. There's no interviews. There's no special. To me, it feels like something happened like someone's not happy with the record or she's just like i'm not promoting this record but that makes zero sense because the record is basically dead on arrival everywhere it's come around the world and for her to have her first album of new material in 15 years the silence is deafening and i'm i'm just really kind of confused as to why even make the record if no one's going to pr- really promote it. You know, I've seen uh, some reviews, but yeah, just nothing.
0: I didn't, we knew. Know.
2: A- yeah. We knew Alba was coming. Right. And they had their debut. They debuted at number one in the UK. They debuted, I believe at number two or three here.
0: Right. Uh, um,
2: right, because Summer Walker got one here, so I believe they, they got number two. Yeah, that people love that record.
0: Let's you know what? We have a little time to talk about Silk Sonic, so let me tell yeah. you about all right. Mm-hmm. So, Silk Sonic, for those of you who've been napping for the past six months, is Anderson Pack, great artist, uh, Bruno Mars, uh, and then a bunch of people standing behind them playing instruments. So, I like Bruno Mars because I am a sucker for a hook and showmanship and choreography and he seems like he's having a good time and i am i mean he's a former elvis impersonator he mm-hmm. had me at that so i think he writes great songs he writes them usually with his partners i don't know whether they're involved in this i enjoy all of that i am very aware that he is derivative is all get out you can literally point to almost all of hits and go oh look that's message in a bottle oh look that's every song the time have ever done um so the I listened to the record at home and then I was at someone's house and they were playing it and I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. But I keep wondering, is this, and there are modern touches. I mean, Bootsy's mm-hmm. on it, Thundercats on it. There's some really good talk, but I keep going, is this an homage record or is this an actual record? I mean, it is lots of artists. Look, Raphael Sadiq does that. People go to certain times, it's very much the seventies, the stylistics, all that. I, and there are little touches of their humor, but I, I, I'm still cons- I'm still confused. Is this a record so that old people can go, oh, yeah, they're making real music again, which right. is like, put a gun to my head with that. Or is I, I, it's a lot of fun. It just feels like a project. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It feels like a project. So it is a lot of fun. The songs are good. They're obviously having a blast. The videos are very kind of tongue-in-cheek in a, w- in a mm-hmm. way. But I, 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 I I don't know whether I'm supposed to take it. Does that sound weird? Whether I'm supposed to take no. it seriously?
2: No, here's do you thing. know what I mean? I I couldn't even click. I and mean, Like you listen. I, the first song that they put out was fine. I just you know I, I get the homage and everything right. and what they're trying to do. I, yeah, it's fine. I just don't give. I just don't give a shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and you would think that I would like a Bruno Mars. He's insanely talented. It's not like he. Can't and so is Anderson. Sing. And so they so's both Anderson. Are. But I, to me, it's like watching paint dry on oh. a dirty spatula. I'll
0: give him a little more than that. Yeah, All right. I mean. um, Barney and Mark are now joining us from a land far, far away.
2: It's like um, a land that's far away, except it's far and away. Far and away. <laughs> it's far and away.
0: And... We unfortunately can no longer introduce them as being from Europe because they went and screwed that whole thing up with Brexit, didn't they? But not Mark and Barney. They would never vote for Brexit. But we were going to say we have European guests, but they're, they're from a country that doesn't want to be Europe anymore. Blah, blah, blah.
2: No. God save the Queen. I, I hear think. you laughing. And I want to say... Put Go your fuck pick. With, no, I don't am fuck insisting. With Queen Elizabeth Because Queen Elizabeth is going through it and I need her to be all right. Cause like she's had a
0: shit. year. I know. Mark Pringle, <laughs> I want to see your charming face. Get your turn your thing. Ah! Mark, you got a haircut. Hi. Um as you know, I attempted to make uh, it's nine in the morning here and I have a cold, but Courtney always looks good. But I attempted, hi guys. I, I have
2: lighting though.
0: Like, I have yeah, a whole he has lighting, lighting rig system because I I'm like no listen. Lighting. And in any moment, I'm going to have a cat jumping into the frame. <laughs> I'm yeah, just warning.
4: I've already got that. Oh, <laughs> Spoonie, get <laughs> over
0: here. Hi, Mark. Hi, Barney. Hi.
3: Hi. How are hi.
0: You? <laughs> Hey, Brittany, this is Mark and Barney my two favorite I talk about oh, you guys yeah, yeah. like you're, all the time You're my like You're like my Zane and Harry Styles
4: <laughs>
0: You're my favorite boy band
4: No pressure then no, no pressure. pressure
0: Absolutely no you're my favorite boy band except that I know you didn't allegedly hit the mother of your girlfriend So <laughs> Having watched Yolanda on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I might have hit her too. But that's Or funny. put out
2: like three shitty albums. But that's a whole other story. That that that's we a want whole to other story. story. Bonnie, why would Bonnie, I
5: attack? Pawnee, <laughs> do you know what do you know what they're talking about, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, right. nobody ever knows what we're talking about. Right. That's the joy of this show. I know. I, I told you.
0: <laughs> you're gonna have to do two things. You're gonna have to we'll get into it. You're gonna have to explain why you ate Oasis and you're gonna have to explain to Courtney why sugar babes aren't big in the United States. And Okay, well, and then we're done with you. Well, one, I hate.
4: That's Oasis. all you require of us. Yes. that's yeah, it. That's
0: all we want. You and know, bye. I, hate Oasis. I, hate Oasis too, though. <laughs> I do not
2: understand the Oasis thing. I didn't understand it when they were right, out well, when everybody let's... was acting like they were the biggest thing on the planet. I was like, it's fine.
3: All right, it's, so, it's, it's,
5: it's the other way around. Amy's got to explain to us mm-hmm. why she has time for that loathsome loathsome combination right, let's,
0: let's let's dissect and, me which one, and
5: which one is the shitty one there's
0: one Both of, of are them real, are shitty who like, cares a
2: real shitty one in there liam okay. liam's the yeah. shitty one okay I, okay
0: <laughs> okay and then we, first of all why don't you promote talk about rocks back pages so i love rocks back pages and i did not know it was your 20th anniversary that's kind of amazing so can you explain to our viewers who are playing the at-home version of <laughs> what, what Rocks Back Pages is, is all about.
4: Yeah, it must be surprising to you because we look so young, don't we, Amy? Do. How Your can name, it possibly Marnie, do you get? know that
0: you and I are 10 days apart? Our birthdays are 10 in, in days apart.
4: Sense? In what sense? You're born? No, no,
0: no. <laughs> yeah, yours is in metric and mine is regular. You were born May 5th, yes?
4: That is correct.
0: I'm May 15th. Wow. Damien. That's,
4: that's fantastic. Are, that's
0: the Torian bonding
4: thing, man. I I've I've always you feel felt the energy. You feel we're both we're very grounded. Torian bonding is we're very
5: saying, to bonding. Is that another way of saying bullshit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mark. <laughs> Mark. Pretty sorry. much. Sorry, <laughs> Look, sorry. Do warn us about use of language on your podcast. No,
0: no, no. Just don't speak oh. English. Oh, don't no. speak-
5: <laughs> we don't.
2: Okay. <laughs> this this curse. Hey, this is a this is a we're Not cursing. ready for prime time. Podcast. No, we, we curse That's a lot. Sweet. I'm trying we're to control it. We're I trying know to
0: you, curse less. We're trying to curse less. <laughs> we're trying to curse less. All right. So chill away, my friend. Chill away about Rockback Pages.
4: <laughs> uh, well, you're on it, Amy, uh, for a start. <laughs> In case you didn't know. <laughs> I know and I get I get
0: a letter every year letting me know that at once the earnings get up to 110 pounds I can then get 30 cent 35 dollars sent to me through a bank in London and I just go screw it it's not worth it
4: (laughs) yeah that's well you're you're really selling it
0: there (laughs) but the fact that you even attempt to pay writers isn't astounding you do
4: attempt to pay writers yeah (laughs) which is almost as good as actually paying them no writers Mm -hmm. have been paid by Roxback Pages I'm going on the record. Is yeah. it, that's correct, isn't it, Mark?
5: It is, but I'm not going to say it's much. It's all right. We I mean, it's it.
4: Gina. Anyway, we're not here to talk about money, are we? we talk, no, no, we're
5: talking. No, 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 no. We're to talk. About oh, okay. So, about money. What do you want us to say about Rocksback
4: Pages other than you know what? You should listen to the Lenny K episode that we just did, and he does a much better sales job um, than we ever could. I mean, he's so lovely about RBP, and he has been on it since almost the word go, like almost twenty years. Um, so, how did you come great, up with the concept? Okay, Courtney, the concept was was this, that uh, I had just come back from uh, four years in America as Mojo's US correspondent, okay. and I was like casting around for things to do, and it was slap bang in the middle of the dot-com mania. You're probably too young, Courtney, to remember this. I don't know. Um but I'm a hundred,
0: to not spit I, liquid I'm a hundred
2: please. years old. I'm older than I look. <laughs> really,
4: psychologically um, but you may be Barney, I'm a little food. hurt that you did not
0: say you're probably too young, but that's okay.
4: But I was just <laughs> I was addressing Courtney. Understood. I'll get on to you and how you we'll look thank in a very minute. Much. All right, wait <laughs> your turn. Yeah.
0: Okay, I'm gonna pop a lozenge go. But <laughs> so anyway, look, we we'll
4: keep this brief. I I um I just had this kind of uh, vision. I had a vision, Courtney, of mm. um, a kind of digital library. Um, the, I, I, I kind of saw a, a list of articles starting, you know, uh, at the beginning of an artist's career and, um, and and coming up to the present day. So just like the whole story of whoever it might be, the Rolling Stones, Bob Dylan, Otis Redding, Roy Harper, uh, Public Enemy, you name it. Just that was what it was going to be. It was going we to try and start with the very first interview that anyone ever did or the first piece of press that any artist ever got. And then just kind of keep it as up-to-date as possible, add as many things as we possibly could. And so we started out, I basically had met Mark um, through uh, um, Martin Collier, our mutual friend and yeah. co-founder. And we shared lots of... Um, musical obsessions. And Mark was, well, I'll hand it over to you, Mark. You had actually built websites. We're uh, talking uh, about 1999 stone this age. Is,
5: mm. This is really tragic. I built websites. I even got into a thing called Sued's Corner and Private Eye in 1995 for building a, 1996 for building a website, celebrating my daughter's birth. I was that sort of, you know, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, you know, um, I've been building websites mostly f- for photographers and designers. Um, and uh, Barney rang me up and said, I've had this idea uh, and we went and had lunch kicked the idea around and within two years I was flat broke, I seem to remember
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: pretty, pretty yeah. much so that's the story right. yeah. <laughs> so, beginning end of the story um, yeah and the yeah. dot com boom we, 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 look, I, I admit we did have crazed visions, we called it the route to the yacht Mm-hmm. Was, was the route to
4: yacht rock actually? The was, yacht yeah. right. As it
5: turned out, it mm-hmm. was the the route to yacht. Um, and, and of course, within months of us getting going on this, the dot com bubble had yeah birth, burst. Yeah, um, which is actually in some ways the best thing that happened to us. We didn't get invested in by some bunch of scalpers. You know, we the, we raised money from family and friends, and uh, so. That's pretty why we're still here today. Sure. Nice. I think I, th- I think we'd have got under if we'd followed that route.
2: That's the interesting yeah. thing about a pivot, because sometimes you'll have a plan and you think this is it. And a pivot kind of takes you to where you really need to go and you don't even know it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You you accumulate. So I know that you, and I need to talk to you guys, because during the first initial lockdown, you know, when we thought this was going to be three weeks, um, <laughs> I started cleaning what a concept. And I went through my files <laughs> and I went, oh shit, I talked to a lot of people back in the day. I need to send these to Marty and Mark. So we'll talk later because I found like a veritable treasure trove oh, great. of meaningless interviews um, with important people. Um, <laughs> You well, I bet they're, they're not really-
4: meaningless. I bet they're no, not. Well, meaningless. I
0: mean, listen. You need that Mark Morrison interview.
4: <laughs> we do, probably. <laughs> I
0: think I have one. I think I have one. I okay. think I have one. Okay. Um,
4: but Send it re- over.
0: Yeah. What's really cool is that you guys. What you're basically doing is setting up a library. I mean, you're setting up all these articles because, uh, for obvious reasons, pre-internet unless you were an obsessive and you saved everything, where were you going to find these articles? So that's, what's a really cool thing about it is that you can literally go back. If you're a music nerd or if you're somebody who kind of wants to know the roots of this stuff, you can go back to the seventies and read Ellen Willis and read Lester Banks and read sort of the, the people who put this in motion. If you're a writer, Um, or if you're a fan. So that's
5: super cool about it. Yeah, I, it. I, I think for, for me, the great discovery is the stuff before the serious rock writers. Right. Um, you know, as part of you know, we 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 deal with writers who we have direct agreements with or with their their executives, their successors. Um, so it's not like just pulling stuff willy-nilly down from everywhere. Um, uh, and... We got people like Penny Valentine, who wrote for Disco Music Echo back in the 60s, who went on to write for Sounds. And via her and via other people, we got a whole bunch of writers who wrote for the English pop press in the 60s, who are all forgotten about. Mostly women, actually. Yeah, that's Uh, cool. (laughs) it's It's been this fantastic discovery. She died a week or so ago. Maureen Cleave, we got on board very late. She was the person who did the interview with John Lennon, where he said the Beatles were more popular than Jesus. Yeah. Uh, 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 and I've just got access to a whole shed of of stuff, including like interviews with Sister Rosetta Tharp from oh, 1964. Wow. Isn't from that 1964? cool? You wow,
2: wow! I don't think I've ever read an interview. Me with neither.
0: Her. Me neither. No, I don't think that, I've
2: it, ever read an interview. Me
5: with neither. Her, so that's that's pretty amazing. That should
4: be cool. Well, that'll be coming real soon, won't it, Mark? That'll
5: be next week, I think. It's going, yeah. yeah, really cool. Yeah. Um, so yes. that's
4: really what we're all about. I mean, yeah. just, to me, that's it. it. When you talk about being able to read and access and read an interview with Sister Rosetta, you know, then it's sort of like, yeah, okay, I get it. I don't really need to kind of explain anymore what it's right. about.
5: Exactly. I mean, I know the, the other thing is it's about contemporary journalism. I mean, sure, we we run more recent retrospective pieces about the history of this band or that band. Mm. But really what's interesting is stuff written at the time about the bands, when they were going there and then We... Got Virus's son, um, a guy called Philip Elwood, who wrote for the San Francisco Examiner from about, oh, 19- yeah. from about 1962, 63, right up to the time he died, which is, I think, about 2000. Um, and it's gold dust because he's going to the Fillmore and seeing the dead playing with Miles Davis. Yeah, like Christ the
4: first day. shows by everyone. You know, the first you know, shows by everyone at like the Fillmore.
5: Yeah. And that's so exciting, I find that so exciting. You know, well, what, just, what makes it really
2: exciting to me is back, especially we're talking 50s, 60s, 70s, into the early 80s, too, it wasn't like it is now and later where everybody has a publicist and a story crafted. Journalists were really with the bands. They were yeah. going on the road with the bands. They were at these shows and just having these conversations. And I think you get a better sense of someone as opposed to, the, you know, the later half where now, you know, there's a publicist. That what can you can talk about? What you can't talk about? Here's your scope and this. And yeah. it's a much more guarded situation with, a, di- you know, with just a different energy. And when you read all of the older articles, I really do feel like you got more of an insight as to the record, the, the artist making the record. And just you could feel that time. And it just feels a little more authentic than now where, you know, you can kind of be fed. Like this line, and you kind of see that narrative through all of the articles. It's about the pre-industry. Same it's yeah.
0: pre-ind, you know, capital I industry, which is really fascinating. And what another thing I it, like a lot about the site, other than it makes it really easy for me to find. Stuff I've written that I forgot I wrote, and I'm like, oh, "That's yeah, the main yeah.
4: object. That's the main point of it, Amy. <laughs> That's really why we did, why we built it, so you could eat more easily find your articles.
5: F- find her her, li- her live review of Barney, as in the puppet character. That's what I'm going to post. Soon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, as her machine. I think she froze again. Like, she froze. She's frozen. frozen. She's frozen. She's frozen. <laughs> her machine. Well, let you know, you know what? Time, let's, ju- let's just
4: let's just let's just let's let's just take advantage of the fact that Amy is frozen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um but Courtney, just yep. to I mean you you you're absolutely right that in a sense journalists back in that era were almost like embedded in the lives of bands and scenes, and you know, it led to uh, much more of a kind of a, a real experience of kind of getting backstage. You know, the best writers took you backstage with them. Right. And, and you know, and now it's so much more kind of orchestrated and controlled. So uh, I, I, certainly for, for me, uh, growing up and reading, you know, particularly like the Enemy in the 70s, you, you didn't have this sense that there was kind of a PR hovering in the wings. Right. You know, you, you went on the road with these bands. Right. <laughs> through the reporting um, and interviewing in, 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 in that paper and other papers, you know, those were the main, I mean, enemy melody maker sounds, et cetera, with the things we had more access to. We didn't often see American publications, but we grabbed them when we could didn't we? Right.
5: Not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Rolling Stone was freely available in the in the UK, much harder to get hold of cream, crawdaddy, yeah. fusion, mm-hmm. and so on. So but R- yeah. Rolling Stone, um, I think it was actually even printed in this country, the, the British edition, you know, and uh, a lot of people got it. I got my copy of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars as a giveaway with my subscription to Rolling Stone. <laughs> wow. Oh, <bad>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: yeah yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean we we've, we've you know spent a lot of time kind of catching up with stuff like that that we didn't have access to. I mean I've spent time in the states uh, over the last, 40 years and and therefore I mean I have read a lot of great american journalists. I mean right. one of the things that was was helpful was that I had I had spent time in the states and I'd had these four years like corresponding for mojo. Hello again mm-hmm. unfrozen amy. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, I should
0: cash those checks you sent me so I can buy
4: a new <laughs> <laughs> no, We'll pay for better mm-hmm. brand- bandwidth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But so I knew a lot of american writers. Right. This was the, this was a helpful thing. Yeah. You know, um I got to know quite a lot of writers in in LA and in New York and and all over America, actually. So when Mark and I got rolling, we were able to bring in you know, about like 10, 15, 20 American writers and, and about a similar number of UK writers. And we got the ball rolling that way by just getting, oh, yeah. I mean, as I mentioned Lenny Kay earlier, just the fact that we were able to say we had Lenny Kay on board right. and Charles John Murray um, and Penny Valentine and so forth, um, it just meant that, that, other writers who might not have taken this that seriously like what is this some little kind of hobby that you're you're starting We kind of like, yeah, I want to be in that club, you know
2: yeah, absolutely It gives it a legitimacy to people, right yeah when they see see names that they're absolutely familiar with they're like, well, I know that person and I know that what they do and if they're there, yeah, I want to be there.
0: I think I told you guys this I mean I was and it just explains so much about my completely fucked up romantic life. Um,
4: <laughs> can I, you just say? Can you just say that again, Amy? My, my, my completely fucked up, fucked up romantic up life.
0: Romantic life, <laughs> and why men find me fascinating and yet want nothing to do with me mm-hmm. is because when I was in high school, when I should have been reading Seventeen magazine or how to put on makeup and be normal. I would go to the library and read Crawdaddy and Cream and right. Rolling Stone and be yeah. like, I want to meet Charles M. Young one day. Yeah. And yeah. he was like yeah. super cool. He was super that, cool. Yeah. But I was tough, like, tough. I wanted to be a rock <laughs> critic. Yeah.
4: As well as a rock goddess.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. But Which is I obviously was how
4: a- we think of you. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, thank you.
0: <laughs> Well, but I just it was like that was like I wanted to I thought it was like so cool because I was like I like music, I like to write. You know, yeah, I know I yeah. can write about music because you don't really need to know how to write.
2: Have you had any writers say no to you guys?
4: Uh oh, yeah. yeah. Robert Christgow is one. Oh really? Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean only absolutely. because he's sort of got his whole you know, everything online anyway, I think, you
5: know. I mean, mean, you know, some of the big boys, partly because a lot of the big boys wrote for Rolling Stone and Rolling Stone took their copyrights even for freelancers. Oh, wow. Go yawn. (laughs) I mean, you know, ruthlessly. I mean, it's extraordinary. Um, Of course, that wouldn't stand up in the in a court of law because right. it didn't provide anything that you could give you get copyrights for, which is things like pensions, healthcare and so on and so forth, you know. Right. Yep. But but a lot of people a lot of that, uh, people like Cameron Crowe came on board and then I think decided that he'd probably be able to make more money looking after his own catalog, which I, which I understand. Right. You know? But he's um,
4: been a big, he's been a big like booster of ours. Um, yeah. And in our recent 20th anniversary campaign, he furnished us with a very, very lovely quote. I mean, yeah, he's been yeah. nothing, nothing but generous Absolutely. towards us. And we're hoping to get him on the podcast. I mean, he's an all around decent guy and uh, yeah. So, um, but I mean, very few, I mean, more and more people have come on board, and yeah. we do have a, a you know a lot of the the Rolling Stone greats, you know, including I mean I don't, don't people don't think of Lester Bangs uh, as primarily a Rolling Stone writer, but obviously he did a lot of stuff for Stone, um, and we have. You know, we have some Lester Bangs on, on RBP, uh, as a result of uh John Morthland and Billy Altman kind of giving us the okay. Billy
0: is the nicest guy. And you know, Billy sure. is like a scorekeeper for the Mets. That's what he does in his oh, really? yes. <laughs> that's fantastic. No, no, that's no, well. that's rock. like his side gig. He's a scorekeeper okay. for the Mets. Oh the Mets are fantastic. baseball, Mark.
5: <laughs> I, I I know that A. They <laughs> suck.
2: Yeah.
5: They yeah. suck. It's called they are baseball. baseball. <laughs> they
2: yeah. stop. Yeah. And I hey, love them because I'm a Queens boy, and you know yes. and they're the first
0: they team I ever right. saw. First team I ever saw was yeah, a it, match is game. Isn't isn't
5: that the sport we call rounders, Barney? whatever why you gotta ruin everything for us okay i gotta
0: ruin everything for us it's the world series and we're the only country that participates just remember that we are the world world. (laughs) world.
5: world. (laughs) which is ironic given the other nations play baseball i mean yeah whatever okay whatever japan plays baseball you know, uh, a lot of Latin um, Central American, Latin American yeah, uh, Huge, it's yeah. And, huge. Right. And do they get to play in the World Series? The fuck?
0: Uh, Mark, you. if you're going to interject this conversation with facts, I mean. we're going to have to leave you, ask you to leave right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're talking a fact a
2: time time zone, We're okay? America. We don't deal in it. We're in America, anymore. for God's sake. We just say it and then we scream it on and television and then we scream and
0: it and loud enough and we get true. you to believe it. <laughs> Remember, Mark, it's de la soul, not de la soul. <laughs> mm. Ooh, All
1: right,
3: I, to, I just
0: want to say, okay, you know, if you listen to us, you know, Courtney and I are obsessed with Pet Shop Boys. And he, that Neil Tennant interview you did was, uh, okay, wait a minute, we're gonna have a moment. Okay, yeah. um, that Neil Tennant interview you did, I mean, I've listened to a lot of your stuff, but that one just, oh. Uh, because he is kind of dreamy. I mean, he was he, lovely.
5: He yeah. was an absolute joy. I mean, we all basically fell completely in love with him. We were mm-hmm. we, we had him like we had you in our terrible little office. In the closet. We, like, literally in the literally closet. We yeah, were closet. in the closet with Neil, definitely. Neil was <laughs> going into the closet. <laughs> and we were coming out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was just a delight. He was just a delight. You know, um, he was funny. He was self-effacing. He was so not up his own ass. It was unbelievable. Just yeah. brilliant. Uh, possibly yeah, I mean, my favorite. Possibly aside from, of course, Amy, you being a guest, I'd say that Neil is quite possibly my favorite guest we've had. Well, you love the one that he's a writer, right? He has that background yeah. and and writing
2: for pop in music. And then to me, I say this all the time about them: they are to me the top dance act. In the world and have been for decades. Ooh. They have always been on the cutting edge of dance. They've always written really smart dance. Mm-hmm. They have worked with every fierce producer along the way. And they are still making, to me, really important, great, great music. I just love them. Yeah. I love them. The I love the, the artistry. Yeah. They're just two of the best live shows. They're just, you're just, and yeah, I, no, I, I have seen everybody fantastic. live.
5: He's never seen, seen them. I've seen them
0: four times. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> the,
5: the, They're other so- about, the other thing about Neil is he's such good. I love his writing for Smash yes. Hits. primary. Yes. Um, and it's sort of writing you don't get in America. I mean, mm. it's a very, very English style of thing where basically you can be a... You can make as many jokes about the band you're interviewing as you like. You can be as sarcast- sarcastic, and piss-taking as you like. And, and, and he is an absolute exemplar of that. You know, some of his stuff, Smash It Is, is the funniest writing you'll ever read about anything. And, and you know, what's, what I find really amusing is a lot of American acts. When I came over to England first time around, they'd get a lot of praise. Then they come Mm -hmm. over the second time and get torn to pieces by the English press. And Mm -hmm. I love reading interviews in the American music press where they're moaning about the English music press. Mm -hmm. They go, oh, geez, those guys. Patti Smith, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, got savaged. Radio Ethiopia got absolutely savaged. And we got an interview with dear Lenny. Um, Sandy Robertson was walking down King's Road in Chelsea interviewing him, and Lenny has spent the whole interview moaning about how how the English rock press had turned on Patti. (laughs) well you guys made you guys
0: made the The american press too it's
2: so funny it's like everybody gets really sensitive about that like every artist that i've ever worked with i'm like my advice is always i'm like don't read any of it I'm like, don't read. No, really. I'm like, don't read the good or don't read the bad because that's gonna get in your head. I was like, and it's only one person's opinion. I was like, so if you don't, because if you want to believe all the good, it's hard to not believe all the bad. So sometimes I'm like, do
5: your interview be great, but don't read it yourself. Don't read the good. Don't read the bad. Don't go on Twitter. Yeah, and then well, yeah, even pre
0: Twitter, but I mean, you know, you you know, you've made it as a music critic, especially like in the hip hop world, where you have like, oh, I don't know. Sticky fingers, like not sticky fingers. Who's the idiot, the real idiot in that group? Fredo, step to you on the street and call you all sorts of names. I felt like I had accomplished my goal in front of my child. I thought that that was that was my really I was like, that's good. Real classy. Yeah, it was real classy. I was like, and you are. Um, and but you guys made the Strokes famous and you will never live that down. Not that's you great. guys, your country. That's- no, elevated that band. Yeah, but they had
2: a moment. They did and have a moment. Yeah, Listen, but it's a moment. It's mm, UK made Blondie famous. They, they've yeah. always been way more famous there well,
5: than well, here. Well, UK made Jimi Hendrix famous, you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't Whatever. get better than that. Okay. I
0: guess. <laughs> yeah. um, On Sparks. I, I Yes, that is true. The band that I grew up He's thinking they were British. When I found farce. out they were two Jewish guys from L.A., it was like myth, <laughs> myth shattered. <laughs> myth shattered. All right. I just uh, need to talk about the Sugar Babes for a minute. Because... And, and
2: yeah, <laughs> why
0: do you think some why bands
2: do th- don't translate? They worked. They came here. They worked with Dallas Austin, had number one hits over there with him. Why do you think that did not transfer here? Because they did try to work records here and they've had like Round Round, I believe was either number one or number two on the Billboard dance chart. And they've had like one or two others that made the dance chart. But I think like Push the Button, maybe... Got a, a Billboard Hot 100 position at like number 99 or something. Why do you think that did not transfer over? I,
5: I'm too old to answer that question. Go
4: on, <laughs> I'm almost too old to answer. <laughs> oh my god, make I mean, look, something I
0: mean, up I, for Christ's all sake! Right.
4: Yeah, I'm going to make something up. That's exactly what I'm going to do. It's going to be a series of alternative facts. Thank and, you. Um, uh, I, you know, I think the short, like made-up answer is that I think, uh, and it's not just you know, like R&B acts, but in America, there is um, a kind of there's a, an ingrained belief that we can't do certain kinds of music. Mm. Um, I know there've been a lot of big acts in America, but uh, big British acts that have translated there. But I, I, I sort of have felt over the years that when it comes to R&B, to soul, to, to funk and so forth, you know, we're not taking, we, it's like we, we just don't really have it in our DNA to do it convincingly, mm-hmm. even if we think we've done it quite well sometimes. I mean, if you think about like Brit Funk and mm-hmm. those groups, I mean, we were quite fond of them and some of them made a couple of decent records, but mm-hmm. the truth is they were not as good as their American equivalent. I don't think. Mark might disagree, but no, I just I don't, don't I see. And I think the Sugar made, Babes made some really good records. But mm-hmm. were they, I mean, are they as good as Destiny's Child records? Mm-hmm. Probably not. At the end of the day, I don't know.
0: And I also think, I mean, your point is is really, I mean, we do tend to be very proprietary towards stuff and our black music is coming out of a a, a a fundamentally a church kind of tradition that you don't have there. It's American blacks as opposed to West Indian. We don't have that West Indian uh, influence at all. But on the other hand, the UK soul thing among a very small but very influential group of people was huge here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, you know, yeah. in, in 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 certain pockets of certain neighborhoods, it was everywhere. So, but you they know, are was...
5: pockets, aren't uh, they? They're pockets. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'd say if Terence Trent D'Arby hadn't lost his marbles, I think he would have probably become a major star in America. I think he would have done it. He's American. Well, he's American. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, okay. Yeah, well, that, that 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 is a very very good. Place. Which a lot of people <laughs> did not realize. Though. Well, Remember he made he sure, sure he didn't alive, realize yeah, it. Thought that he was but, from the UK. But yeah. I I, I but points broadly true. I I th- I, I, th- I think that's right. It's um, really interesting to me
4: that that somebody like Lewis Taylor who I'm fairly obsessed with and, and you know guys know you, turned you, me on yeah, to
0: him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean this
4: is a white Jewish guy mm-hmm. <laughs> from North London um who you know I I know, you know I have met quite a few Americans uh who really revere uh him and he's been written about in You know the R and B press over there. You know, you guys seem to get him almost in a way that we don't get him, or a lot of people here. Is it about
5: radio? Is it as much that actually to to break kind of R and B? Actually, got to break black radio, and black radio in America is very conservative. It's very, it's very, and it's it's a tough place with a small
2: playlist that's playing a lot of the same records because black R and B radio, unfortunately, here in America, is not even really playing a lot of. Black artists here who make primarily R&B music. And, you know, a lot of them feel very tuned out at radio. And where streaming is really good, The difference is if you get on the radio, you see the difference in your streaming numbers, right? Because, you know, I always tell my friends here in New York, I'm like, yeah, we always say we don't listen to the radio much. I'm like, but we're not in our cars the way other people are. Like some people here are in our cars, but in Mm -hmm. all my other places, everybody gets in their car to drive to work, to drive to school. So they are still turning on the radio and it may be. Serious XM, like a lot of cars that come with satellite radio, but it is still radio. Then you yeah. go into work and you might be listening to your Spotify. You're going to listen to those songs. So it really is a driver and black radio in the U S honestly, I feel has failed black artists in this country. For sure. Get, certain people are getting played. Like right now, Summer Walker just put out a record here. I know it also came out in the UK. It's number one here. and But there's a lot of RB artists that put out records who are not, not, Getting nothing, you know what I mean? It's like you yeah. really have to search and find and find their records.
0: But I know for so, me, like as a fan of you know, I kind of Anglophile in in some ways. As a fan, it was very disappointing for me, but I understood why. Where it's so all of a sudden in the mid nineties, you had British artists doing their approximation of an R Kelly record or that kind of sound. And I was like, yeah. we we do that better, guys. So why don't you do what you do? Yeah, yeah. And let us, you know, it's like that is kind of our lane. And R. Kelly's issues aside, he was the king of that lane uh, at, at that point. Why are you guys doing that when yeah. you bring something so
5: different? You know? I always thought one of the great paradoxes in, in, in hip hop is how Slick Rick could be big in America, who, who rapped in a London accent, which is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, but in those days, the London rappers all rapped in America. All wrapped in American accents, you know, which mm. is just just bogus. And I thought the great irony is there was Slick Rick, a huge star in America, mm-hmm. but but rapping in this totally South London accent, right. which I really like. I know? mean,
4: you have you have to take into account that uh, most British popular music has been created in response to. Imported American yeah. sounds, you know. There's just right. no getting away yeah. from that. There are there are obviously genres like folk rock, which yeah. predate rock and roll, rhythm and blues, and so forth. And 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 I, for one, am very proud of those of that music because I think we've made you know incredible music bands like Fairport Convention, you know, and, and acts like John Martin. That Absolutely. that is that is very very British music, you know, and Briggs, etc. that, that tradition. Well, it is, yes, it's,
5: it's, it's, a, it's a mixture. It's absolutely a mixture. It is and a John, mixture. You know, John Martin but, took from both sides of the Atlantic. Yeah, of course, of, you know, of course and fair po- fair But it was identifiably a sort of English product. Yeah, like, so, there, so there
4: is that. And there, so there is music that's identifiably British, but pretty much everything from Lonnie Donegan onwards or going back to the Chris Barber band. I mean, it's all been in response To American music. Yeah. You know, Uh, African American music. So we're always kind of imitating that music. Well,
0: would you agree? I mean, there is an imitation, and sometimes you guys show it way more respect than we did. I mean, it's the oldest story in the world that a lot of white kids got turned on to a Native American blues artist because the Stones were doing it. But there's also sometimes a little bit of fetishization that you guys do with Black artists. Oh Oh, yeah, I mean
4: you know the Stones et cetera in the early sixties. It was this it was this kind of just love affair with America and particularly like the Deep South and Chicago. And what you're talking about is a generation of of boys primarily who grew up in 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 very boring suburban towns in the fifties who had very little to dream or fantasize about. And then they like heard muddy waters and yeah. it just blew their minds. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we were it, talk, Yeah. yeah. And, and
5: there, are, there are other factors like, you know, we forget that, um, the United Kingdom was basically a large air base for America yes. right through from the Second World War through to the end of the 60s. Yes, yeah, it's
4: just a really important um, strand in you the know, story. So, so there was yeah. a, a
5: large number of black servicemen in this country and they had to go somewhere and they wanted right. the records they liked played. So they got a lot of Flamingo and these sorts of places in Soho, places like people like Georgie Fame and the Blue Playing to them. And they were playing R and B because that's what the audience wanted yeah. to listen Geno to. Geno
4: Washington, I, exactly. Johnny Johnson, the bandwagon. I mean, they exactly. really were catering to these servicemen who'd come into Soho on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and wanted to hear American music So I mean I, it's such a symbiotic Relationship yeah. Amy Courtney isn't it I mean mm-hmm. it just is there's no but, but I think At the end of the day you know we have To we have to put our hands up and say We've been more Imitative really uh, I mean having said that Without what the Stones and others did in the early '60s, the, the blues rock boom would not have happened in America well, in the no, same pop, way that pop,
5: it did. popular music yeah, as we absolutely. know it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, um, the, the fact is that the people like the Stones and the Beatles—I mean, you know, people like the Beatles who would be buying records off dockers who were getting them off boats in Liverpool in 1961, sure. 62—you mm. know, mm. were taking this stuff. Uh, And the Beatles, also white stuff, like the Everly Brothers, huge for the Beatles. You know, Mm. Uh, we're taking that sort of stuff and doing something really quite different and new with it. You know, so we, we weren't just... No, wasn't it like wasn't an, an a imitation. Yeah, definitely wasn't. It wasn't a pure imitation. Yeah,
4: it wasn't like an the imitation. The roots of it were, were 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 pretty much always American. So I think yeah, that course. just has to be acknowledged. There's no getting away. So when you when you get to a group like Sugar Babes, it's hard not to see them as as primarily imitative. They're trying to they're trying to make American music, right? And sometimes succeeding and sometimes not, right? Well,
0: that's like I finally saw, and then. I do have to discuss the pressing question, but I finally saw that Jesse Nelson video. Okay. So first off, Courtney and I have discussed for weeks that we thought that she was like, why is this old woman, this old Puerto Rican woman in the group with these (laughs) girls? Who is she? Uh, We're confused, but whatever. That's the best of
1: times. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and then I watched the video and I was like, okay. First off, having Puffy in your video is like dated by twenty I'm years. Like, I, was, I was like, is this nineteen ninety eight? Yeah, where did like where did right
2: like,
3: what like,
0: happened? You fell something. asleep. Yeah. You Your fell audience asleep. doesn't Gorgeous. even know who this old man is. Like, why, why is your dad is this, in the video? Why is
2: this happening? This song yeah. is dumb. This whole yeah, thing the is song dumb.
0: is dumb. You're literally like wearing. It's like, oh my god. Do you did someone not say to you, even if you're a black artist, you shouldn't be wearing that shit? And with your low riders and your homies. I'm like, bitch, you're British. You have no homies. You have no low riders. You don't ride. Come on. Yes. Actually,
4: Mark and I do have low riders. Yes. You know, oh, so do you? I can't believe you didn't notice them. Oh, well, that's
0: because we didn't drive when we went out to lunch. We walked across the street. Oh, Can yeah. I, next time.
4: Next time, maybe. Can All I, right, say, cool.
0: I always find
2: it interesting, though, the ones who get to drip through in different Points in time, like Amisha Paris, right?
3: Amishan yeah. Paris.
2: Now, she didn't really sell a bunch of records here, but she had her record deal here, and the albums came out. And people like me, who really loved her, we bought those records. So there were the ones who got to come through. And even though you could hear like influence of maybe American soul, I think she's she's got it. She has yeah. that voice. It's just she could really sing, and it just her Church. she could perform. And it's there's Church. something about her, right? But like you said, various varying degrees of success. The first album for her was the most successful. Then you had Contribution, all the other records. And they didn't really chart, but they put them out here.
5: How familiar are you with things like Grime? More so, more and more so, more and more so. That's British. That is absolutely
0: incomprehensible because Uh, of Top Boy. Because I watched Top Boy and then that- I, I remember like So Solid Crew.
5: Yeah, you I mean this, this is proper urban English British music. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, it's absolutely steeped in hip hop. But it's yeah. also steeped in all kinds of other stuff, like sort of dancehall, reggae, and so on and so forth. It's all merged together. Yeah. Um, it's also guys on their laptops who don't know one end of the musical from another. Uh, this would send our dear friend Nelson George into fury because he particularly pointed out how much he disliked that. I love him. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 Nelson I doesn't like rhyme? He doesn't like people, music made by non musicians on computers.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
5: I That's think, like I think, an entire oh. genre of music. <laughs> well, well, but,
0: well, I don't.
4: The, uh, we, we may be being slightly unfair here. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Either.
5: But 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 um, the, the the thing about grime is is that it sounds like London. Yeah, you know, I listen to that. That sounds like the city I live in. You know, right. in a way that yeah. hip hop never does. But it right.
4: still would not have happened without American hip hop. No,
5: I agree. I
4: agree. You I know. agree. So, so no. I mean, I, I don't think it really changes the point, but it does something new with it, just like the Stones did something new with American rhythm and blues. You know, so I, it, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a conversation that goes back and forth across the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah.
5: And dance right. music, you know, dance music. You've got a house yeah. coming out of Chicago, you know, yeah. techno coming out of Detroit, uh, 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 and those have had a massive influence on British music in all kinds of yeah. ways. Mm-hmm. Where they don't sound American at all now, you know. Right. It, 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 it You know, it's been so sort of sculpted and worked on, and knocked around, and it, it sounds like a completely different beast. And the problem with Sugar babes, they don't sound like a different beast. They sound like an impersonation of the real thing. Right. What? All right. I'm
0: just curious. All right. In what in give me one sentence why you hate Oasis so much. <laughs> First two albums. First two albums. That's all I'm gonna give you. First two albums. That's it.
4: Um okay. So
0: why well, did, did somebody hurt you, Bronnie?
4: Did someone hurt you? <laughs> what? What? Did Oasis? Did they hurt, hurt you? They hurt <laughs> no, no, they, they they haven't hurt me yet. Um, <laughs> they may hurt me you know, after whatever the hell I say, you know, and I don't, you know, I I suppose, you know, in one, you know, probably long sentence, (laughs) be careful what you ask for. uh, (laughs) My feeling about Oasis is there was really not, I mean, I've always said they just microwaved old Beatles riffs, basically. They just, they just warmed over some borrowed Beatles riffs and, and, presented it as something original and it just was entirely unoriginal. It was also like half-assed and dumbed down and um willfully kind of stupid like is my feeling. It just it just it other lacked. than that he, Barney. I was, I was about to <laughs> say, he doesn't really have an opinion on it really Barney <laughs> also, t- entirely unsexy. Entirely devoid. Oh, of Oh my God, girls!
0: Listen, I—he's an might asshole. Have but her. Liam was cute. Okay, he was an asshole. Cute. Amy, Amy.
4: Yeah. Amy, Amy the Who married? Music, is
2: who married the, which one married the author? Liam. He married everyone. Everyone.
4: Amy married. Amy married Lynn. Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amy, No, he's an
0: asshole. He's a fucking asshole. He's the type of guy that lend that you lend money to, and he never comes back. He's a fucking dick. But I will say that no one on talk shows is hilarious.
5: Oasis's audience was almost entirely male. Mm -hmm. Two weeks apart in 1995, uh, I saw Blur and Oasis Blur, the Wembley arena, Oasis Earl's Court. Blur's audience was very mixed, a lot of women in that crowd. Oasis, it was like the Nuremberg Rally on special group. <laughs> it was entirely tins of high strength. I'm going to be forced to oh listen to
0: Champagne Supernova. All right, yeah, here, just, I will I've defend just, the Oasis. It's just really not, great, it's just not yeah. great rock and roll music. Oh, so, my yeah. really God. God. You know who Is also it? loves Oasis? Michael Gonzalez. So there I go. I just yeah, love I the bigness, the anthemicness. I know oh that they're idiots. I know God. all the backstory. I know yeah. that there's just something. I must listen. You guys have been (laughs) fooled into thinking that I'm way smarter than I actually am. (laughs) Um, I like hook, 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 hook. I'm not a, I'm not, a they're deep not even. They're good.
4: They're not even great hooks. No, they're there's, not. There's nothing there. No, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to win this argument. No. Yeah. Alright I'm yeah. not going to win this argument. I, <laughs> I a... no, right, stop. Baby. I'm not going to win
0: this argument. <laughs> really? It's three against okay. one. I feel, I feel triggered and bullied.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you, you brought it on yourself, I
0: know, I know, lady. I know. What invited you, you can guys...
2: it in? Well, you could put on the new Adele and go to sleep. <laughs> I know. Good
4: point. I like Adele much more than. I like Oasis yes,
2: <gasps> I love Adele Adele is beautiful. I love her first album yeah. I love Adele and That's I, special you, you, though You always know that When you're going to get A great Adele song And it's going to be big But it's like Okay I know what I'm getting With Adele Yeah,
5: yeah do, Are you still going to listen to When she releases her album Called 45 when Right 75. 75. I, I'm, right. I'm
4: hoping to be alive when she releases She's 75. She's like the, the
5: seven
0: up of singers. Like every seven years she'll put out a record and it'll yep. be her Very age. Smart. Okay. Well, I, Very
2: I'm smart. I'm going to wait for Very her midlife crisis record because you know that's the one when everybody decides I feel like dancing so I'm going my be dance
5: album. <laughs> I'm going to be really contemptuous and my mm-hmm. huge regret mm-hmm. was that she lost weight. I know that sounds mm-hmm. a terrible thing to say mm-hmm. but it's like one thing was marvellous about her when she first emerged. She was a normal looking woman, you know, mm. with broad hips and She could whatever, have been in a Dove know. ad. She could have been in a she, Dove ad. You know, mm. and now she's obviously spent God knows how long losing this, eating that. She, and it's like you're just, just, you're just doing what the business demands of you in the most depressing sort of way.
0: All right, I will defend her because I agree in a way. But first off, for white Americans, she's still overweight. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, if you're not a size zero in this country, you're still
5: overweight.
0: Secondly, if she wanted to do it, she did it. I, I, I yeah, think she her first record
5: was a huge hit in America. It was, yeah, it's record, true. But she was still, you know, overweight. She come yeah. maybe she just wanted to get healthy. You yeah,
2: know what I, mean? I mean, it's like yeah.
0: I'm not going to fault
2: anybody for wanting to get healthy. Some of know? us
0: re- re- uh, respond to stress yeah. by not eating. Some of us, Amy, raises hand. Response to stress by eating so <laughs> nobody lost weight during the pandemic right Ta-da. so well
2: nobody. i did because i you know i went vegetarian I remember that whole year when i was like i'm not eating anything and it was really no, good I went, but i vegetarian. was really angry a lot and just yelling at people on the telephone because i was hungry Oh,
4: i've been a vegetarian it's another episode and and chocolate is a vegetable all right
0: what are you guys listening to what are you guys reading or listening to these days
4: oh reading
0: or reading Uh, or because i'm going to talk about a book because i haven't listened to anything in a while
4: did you i thought you said what are you guys reading
0: reading or listening to anything you want to talk about just current stuff that you're into or not current stuff
4: well i'm reading a uh a book by uh, a compatriot of yours, Timothy Snyder, who's a professor at, is it Yale or Harvard? It's a book called *The Road to Unfreedom*. Um, he wrote a book called *On Tyranny*, and this is a follow-up to that. And it is, um, it it it's it's about, you know, uh, primarily about Putin and. Um, invasion of Ukraine but it's it's really anyway i it's it's very very interesting on the new autocracy and um what's happened in the world in the last like six years so i'm really really fascinated by that it was re- he was recommended to me by one of our other podcast guests james fox who uh who essentially wrote Keith Richards's autobiography and oh that was a, a great book He's a, he's a great, great journalist. Um, and he said, you've got to read Timothy Snyder. So what else, uh, what have I been listening to? Um, I'm, I'm looking at various things that I put on a playlist and I, what have I liked? Um, I liked about half of the second Billie Eilish record a lot. Um, Uh, And I liked the Laura Mavula record quite a lot. lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, she seems to just get kind of overlooked. But um, Uh, we talked about that on the show. There is
2: black radio. There's black radio. Black radio. She doesn't fit into uh, right. And you you can see they listen to this music. And what we said about this last record is this is a great record. But I was like, well, this is not going to get any black American (laughs) anything because they they, they, like we don't know how to what this fits in here.
4: Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. yeah, there's a track called "What What Matters" that I just loved, and then there's there's a really sort of really great track called "Church Girl," which is about mm-hmm. like her her sort of her own like gospel roots, I think, and, and and they're just fabulous, very well, quite Jam and Lewis influenced actually. When we had Nelson George on the podcast, Jam and Lewis had just uh, released their their very first album album, as jam and lewis so uh i think you guys talked about that too in Mm -hmm. fact i heard your episode on that so you're in sync there yeah Yeah. and um you know mark and i go way back as jam and lewis fanatics um so it's interesting to hear their influence in things like uh uh laura mavula Mm. do you pronounce it mavula Mavula. Mavula. Must Mavula, be. Yeah, Mavula, yeah. Mavula. We're American. Yeah. We don't so know. Church, church girl it is a is a great yeah. kind of little homage to Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. We um,
0: pronounce uh, it Greenwich, so clearly we don't know anything.
5: <laughs> <laughs> we pronounce it Greenwich. Oh, or, dude, you, uh, you
0: said Greenwich. You no, you no, didn't
5: say Greenwich. Okay. Where I'm staying, I'm about 10 minutes' drive from a place called Berkeley, which you'd call Berkeley. You know, so mm. how's, it spelled? how's it spelled? It's spelled exactly the same. Exactly the same. Oh. Um I've been, I don't don't, know, I'm trying I I mean, I read a lot of, I've been reading a lot about Trump recently. Just about every book that's come out about the last, the last (laughs) year. Don't do it. No, no. (laughs) It is fascinating. I find it endlessly fascinating. In terms of reading about pop music, I generally don't do it because my day job is reading about pop music. So the last thing I want to do. But I did, because everyone was saying it was really interesting, get the Tommy James book about Uh. myself and the mafia. And it's terrible. I mean, oh. it's, a, it's a really interesting story. I he claims that Tommy James and the Shondells were. I was one of going the to the big... ask
0: you if it was Tommy James and the Shondells, okay? Yeah. Yes. Okay. You well,
5: know, one one of, one of yeah. the biggest bands in America. Well, I've never had a sense of that. I mean, he claims that their records were banned in England after they refused to come over to do a specific television event, which may or may not be true. But his ego is extraordinary. He just he just he, you know it's like everything that happened in sixties early 70s rock and roll, doesn't exist. It's all about him versus, you know, whichever other pop act it was. Mm. Um, and he, and he's, he's, he's there, he's in, it, literally in bed with Mo Levy, the biggest gangster in the music business history.
4: And not actually in bed, I think. No, we, we, Metaphorically. That's an image. Metaphorically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Metaphorically. Uh,
5: and it's extraordinary. <laughs> he knew everything that was going on, and yet he never left him. He basically, Roulette Records were Tommy James and the Shondells for about five years. You know, uh, there's no sort of self awareness in this book whatsoever. Uh, and it's, it's a dismal read. It's ghosted by someone, God knows who. I'm. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, in, you- terms of, in terms of music, I mean, yeah. Uh, the only pop music I've really liked these last three years or so is Lizzo, who I absolutely adore. Um, I don't really listen to. Listen to, pop to music, the
0: first end. half of our show when this comes out. <laughs> oh, okay,
5: okay. Um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm I
0: loved
2: to- her when she was putting out her independent singles. I really dug the first album. I need her to get focused and go in there and stuff. She's become so fucking annoying. It's like that. I forget that she makes music. It's like you need to go someplace.
5: Yeah,
2: concentrate. <laughs> And make a great album. Well, Put on some just,
5: pants and make an album. Well, maybe because it's not shoved down our throats so much. It, it all just sounds great to me at the moment. I mean, mm-hmm. but I, I like, what I do is I go to this kind of little church halls in Southeast England and watch people playing free improvised music. That's what nice. turns me on these days. Nice. I just listen to improvising. Not free jazz, it's improvised music. That's the, And that's what I play now as well. An old ex-R&B player. I don't play R&B anymore. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a free improvised musician
0: been i is sh fernando one of your writers no no you need to get him as a writer so we
4: need you to bring a many of your friends to rbp
0: no i'll do that but all right so i actually have probably met him a million times and i don't remember because that's just the way he, he he writes skiz. that's his his kind of pen name but um he has written a book, The Wu-Tang Sank, uh, Saga from the Streets of Shaolin, and I asked him to send it to me because I was really interested. Uh, ben Merlis, your pal Ben Merlis, and our pal Gonzales Gonzalez have poll quotes on it. All right, I like the Wu-Tang Clan because all white people are legally obligated to like the Wu-Tang Clan, but I am not obsessive <laughs> about the Wu-Tang Clan. I like Clan. the
4: Wu-Tang Clan.
0: Do you? Yeah, we're, we're legally obligated. Dipset <laughs> and the Wu-Tang Clan, we have to like them. Um, this book is... I'm not going to lie. I, the first 150 200 pages are, are are set. It's a long book. 150 pages are pretty much dedicated to the backstory. It is a fascinating look at New York in the 70s, 80s about the yeah, five uh-huh. percenters, about the uh, you know the the whole that whole movement is which is a very New York movement which went directly into hip hop. He the research on this. I mean, did you know that Ruth Brown is Rakem's aunt? No, me neither. That's fantastic. Did you know that Tom Morello's great uncle was Jomo Kenyatta?
4: No.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would leave. Are these these facts
4: or alternative facts? You know, just researched it. Um,
0: (laughs) So it's a really interesting book. And then it goes into like a track by track of every album. And you can just Mm. kind of skip ahead to like the method stuff and the Risen stuff and, you know, every single solo album. But it's a fat, it really is a fascinating book. And it's fascinating in the sense of the research. And he has a nice little smackdown of a writer, which I'll tell you off camera, which is just really <laughs> a, little, a little tidbit for me. So it's a really good book. and That, I mean, a, that sounds great. That
5: sounds, yeah, no, you know it's, know it's really good? interesting. It's well, really we're, legally,
4: interesting. we're legally obligated to read it, aren't we? Do you know that Mac,
5: Max Roach is Fab Five Fritter's uncle? Yes,
0: that I did know. But this is just – it was just – He just did a, he's a, he's one of the first writers to write about them. And, and, um, it, there's just great stuff in there. There's just great, great. but the 5% or stuff, because there's never been like a really seriously in-depth look at their influence, especially on hip hop. And, and that they were the dominant force between, uh, behind so many rappers in the eighties and nineties, you know, like, and it's something that was kind of overlooked. And then music wise, I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of, uh, uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg. I have no idea why, but I just like her, you know. But I haven't been listening to, you know, Courtney turns me on. We, I listened to the Silk Sonic <laughs> record; it's good. We you, yeah,
2: love that
4: first, love that lead track.
0: Yeah, I'm not a
2: Bruno Mars fan, so I really just don't care. Yeah. I have the album I have not played it; I just don't care. Right now, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I really
4: don't. I'm you smile, do, you Courtney. You I'm, do I'm, disdain yeah, so beautifully. Yeah. No, he I'm, is. Who is it? Disdain. He is, 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 okay,
0: disdain. Sorry, yeah. he is yeah. the Duke of right. Disdain. Yeah, <laughs> Duke yeah. of Disdain. Yeah, too so much.
2: I just care. But I am caring about this "Hard Feelings" record, which is so oh. good. It's, What's uh, that? It's a Joe Godard of Hot Chip and Amy Douglas, who is a New York City-based singer-songwriter-vocalist. Oh. She Amy wrote Roisin's Something More" from Roisin Machine." Okay, from, and um, they have an album. It's a self-titled album called "Hard Feelings." It's "Hard Feelings," "Hard Feelings," and it is a mixture of like synth-pop, house. New Wave and Dance. And it is just a solid, solid, really, really good dance album of beats and great lyrics. It's eight songs and great singing and great production. And I've had it on repeat all oh, great. week through the weekend. It's really well. Well,
4: love, love Hot Chip. Love yeah. a lot of Hot Chip. It's it really
0: good. good. It's yeah. really. This is Courtney turns me on to the coolest shit. And that I had, you know, kind of, because we are, well, you know, our musical tastes both mesh and go in disparate directions. And and um, so I'm really grateful for this, because as you know, now that I'm no longer an award winning journalist, I don't get sent things and nobody sends you things anyway. So it's cool to discover this stuff. You and know, also,
2: been- I've been listening to this other dance house music album that came out in September by a group called Boogie Hill Faders, and it's called The Formula, and that's another good album. So I've just been grooving with those records. And really, I've been listening to, for some reason, I've been going through my Nena Cherry catalog oh, and playing yeah.
0: a
5: lot of Nena Cherry. Mm. You never go wrong lyrics. with
0: that. Yeah. Never I mean, go wrong- very
5: much the first album. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think anything she did after that was... Mm, I, will oh, no, no, no,
0: I will fight I will, for Homebrew. I, I will fight, fight. for Homebrew. Fight. I
1: will
2: fight for Man. And Man, I will fight for those two like albums. Great. Now, if you are talking about the catchiness, the singles bursting through with the image, the first album is absolutely yeah. iconic homebrew i think is a great record and i thought that man really it's, to me, it's written beautifully it sang beautifully i love 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 and i like i like the blank space i like the, the last record she put out and you know <laughs> listen some of them t- to varying degrees of success but i always think that her work yeah. is solid so sometimes yeah. i just get in the mood and start digging through her stuff mm-hmm. and then i just she's, go down okay she, she's home. also
5: she's a really interesting woman i mean mm-hmm. and i love the way that she's lived through her life up to this sort of current point mm-hmm. with a great deal of dignity and so yeah. on and so forth. So yeah, I saw yeah, a D, uh, Vivian Golden put on this thing in his place in East London about five years ago about the punky reggae party. It was about how punk and reggae... And as Vivian on the stage sort of like, yeah, doing her stuff Vivian doing
4: Vivian mm-hmm. Vivian doing
5: Vivian yeah she was marvellous
4: <laughs> the, prof- the pop professor
5: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but, 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 but Nana N- N- was the DJ that night her and a mm-hmm. woman called Andy Oliver a pair of them the DJ oh and Andy yeah, just, yeah 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 mm-hmm. playing just great sort of funk and R&B and all that sort of stuff. and she just beams. She's behind the turntables and just with a bigger smile on her face. So, you know, just someone who just loves stuff like that. Much. Yeah. So just, you know, just adore. So I have an enormous amount of time for her, but,
4: mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Good. Amy, 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 yeah. yes. I've got to ask you. Barney, you sent, Barney,
0: Barney, Barney.
4: An email yesterday. <laughs> you sent me and, an email? <laughs> and I'm going to quote this email to you. Remind <laughs> me to tell you about the first time I met the delightful Ben, friend of the show, Merlis. Well, you've already mentioned Ben. Um, he <laughs> He was six. And fun <laughs> fact his equally delightful dad The great Bob Merlis gave me and my best friend, who was actually a friend of his, tickets to see the Sex Pistols at Winterland, hence setting into motion my downward spiral. (laughs) (laughs) Marvelous. Now, we. So tell us about that. All right, Courtney, may I? I'll do it very briefly. (laughs) All right.
0: So, my best friend, who is my best friend forever, I mean, we might as well be married, and we are each other's one true love. The most romantic evenings we've ever spent in our lives have been with each other. We love each other. I love her more than pretty much anything. Um, She was friends with Merlis. She knew Merlis back in the day. She knew Merlis just from back then. So when he came to San Francisco with the Sex Pistols in 1978, and she and I went to Mabuhay to meet him, and I was underage, so I mean, I guess he got me into Mabuhay and um i'd never even been there and he's like oh are you gonna go to the sex Pistols show and i'm like no of course not it's been sold out for a minute and he literally was like bam and i was like oh my god i went to see the sex oh there's my cat is hiding i'm very pissed at her um so we saw the sex pistols (laughs) we went you know to the party afterwards where richard Meltzer was bounced off the stage by bill graham because he was just being richard Meltzer, Meltzer. and it was great and i pretty much went home went to my boyfriend's house and was like get all this steve miller shit out of the house and cut my hair and you know hilarity junkie hijinks ensued from there okay well no
4: hijinks (laughs) sorry can carry
5: on
0: Yeah. Okay. Ben. So Candace still remains friend with Merlis and they used to have this huge party, New Year's Eve party every year where Swamp Dog would perform and make Swamp Dog food, which was great. It was all like the chosen Jew hipster record company guys. You know what I mean? You know that crew. So we're all down there and we go to Merlis's house and uh, he's got this, you know, nice little house, um, tons of tab because he's obsessed with tab. This is before Lucian, before my son was born. And he one of his kids, he brings out one of his kids and his kid is going to do the old Indian rope trick. So he that's does the old Indian rope trick, which is I don't know, it involved a rope. And he was like six. And that's how I met Ben. And oh, fun. according to Ben, he did that just for me and Candace to show off.
5: <laughs> that's how I know well, well i mean you know <laughs> we, we we bookend the sex Pistols story i saw about their fourth ever show they played my art school in london in november 1975 uh, and i mean i remember it that's i mean i saw so many bands around the time but i've completely forgotten i have a vivid memory of that show viv albertine was there she went and formed the slits i did fuck all um, <laughs> but but uh, and and Johnny Rotten was on the stage saying you're all there's only about forty people it's empty it's half empty there's virtually no one there and he's saying you're all too old you're all too old and I was thinking God he's right I am. And then I discovered later he's precisely one day older than me. He was born <laughs> the, exactly. He's born on the 31st of January. And I was born on the, born on the 4st, 1st of February, 1956. So we we're one day apart. But he's saying, You're all too old. You're all too old. And I remember turning around, and the guy by the mixing desk who had his curly hair and his kind of bright, staring eyes. I thought, He's an interesting cove. Of course, that was Malcolm McLaren. It was an interesting evening, but they were pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean, they okay. great at, they once great again, at, uh, once again,
0: you're using this really weird yardstick to judge music competency and no. quality. I don't know I, what. Yeah, no.
5: <laughs> no, you're 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 right. It was a very early gig for start, yeah. so it's not about competence. But I don't think it even got their shit together really. really. Did I don't they? Remember, did I they? Don't legendarily,
2: what- kind of sound like shit at a lot of
5: shows. Wasn't that kind of the thing? <laughs> Well, I I, I don't know. You're absolutely right. The thing is, I'd never seen anything like that before. Mm. And when he said, you're all too old, and I was Mm. thinking, yes, I am. It's because I didn't get what they were doing, right? uh, honestly. And, you know, up to that point, I I was really into black music. I was really into funk and so on and so forth. And I loved rock and roll too. Uh, And they were a bit of a shock to the system. They really Mm. were a shock to the system. (laughs) But like I said, I really remember that gig, and I can remember so a few other shows from around 1975, 76, you know. I was You've in high school in so
0: 1975.
5: Well, I'm the there's oldest a, person in this virtual room. Do you understand <laughs> that? There's, there's a great
4: story in Lenny Kaye's new book uh, about when the Patti Smith group played the Roundhouse in London, which I saw in May 76, and they went on from that. I didn't realise this until I read Lenny's book, which is just out now. Um, so he and, I guess, Patti... They go to the Hundred Club, the famous Hundred Club on Oxford Street, where the Pistols are playing that night. And Lenny jumps up on stage towards the end of the Pistols set and like, you know, plays on whatever the last like couple of tracks are, and then and then goes, and they're doing an encore, and Rotten grabs the mic and 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 says, Oh, who's been down the roundhouse tonight? Horses, horse shit, hippie horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so he's not only like attacking the, the Rolling Stones and all the old dinosaurs, he's even like basically lumping Patty and Lenny. <laughs> Here's the funny thing, actually, you know, Patty and Lenny um were both born in like 1946. They're really not a lot younger than, like, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards and Bob Dylan. That's right. I hadn't quite realised until we were were talking to Lenny.
5: Well, that's right. In in the book, he talks about um, him and Patty in, like, 1972, and he says, we are 29. It's like, what? You are 29 in 1972? (laughs) Jesus Christ, you (laughs) know? yeah. Uh, Yeah.
4: Um, so anyway, I may mean, have got
5: that the details wrong, but that that's no, that roughly is of the, right. I think yeah. it's
4: roughly right. You know, makes uh, sense. Um, so uh, but anyway, um, uh, but yeah, so downward spirals, sex pistols, winter remind me never to ben email by you by before we tape anything. Did <laughs> <laughs> it ever occur to you, Barney?
0: I've known you for many years that so maybe this was a private conversation between friends and I didn't need my shit. <laughs> Put out on Front Street like that, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Except, <laughs> except,
4: <laughs> except she probably talks about every show, episode. You yes, told
2: yes. this story on the show. So well, this, it's true because Ben
4: this,
1: was there. It was this, there. This story. Which this is, this story is why I out out out. Out. All right. And well, guys, well, you can edit it no. out.
4: I mean, we, <laughs> you, can, you can just edit it out. No, <laughs> no,
0: no, no, no.
2: We keep it all in. The things we've edited out is moments where we've had to look no, no, at no, each no, other after the show over. We'll call each other and be like, you know, <laughs> I, think, I think, I think when I threatened to kill the president on the first show, I was like, I think we should take that out. Because Courtney was a, like,
0: you, you are a school teacher. Maybe you don't want to be on record was, saying you'd like, like the president like, to die.
2: This is show number one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think we should. Ju- and then, you know, I've said some things, you know, I've worked with some people at one time. I found myself talking a bit too much. And after I was listening back and I was like, bitch. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you can't no. you know popeye this, this, this has to go well thank right. you mark and barney we no, i am so, so glad so you did you coming. know
0: you know i adore you guys and we adore that you support us and have really from the beginning and we love that we're like in the same family together now yeah, the pantheon yeah, yeah. family we are and hopefully family. inshallah i can come to england sooner than later and see you guys i'm we're all boosted up beyond. If yep. I get it at this point, there's no hope. I mean, I mean it's yeah, like
2: we are over boosted. I'm over boosted. We've been yeah.
0: stuck. <laughs> We've been plucked. We've it's been trapped. ridiculous. We've
2: done fucking everything. I haven't had
0: it. this many needles in my arm since the '80s. Okay. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Okay. And on that note, thank you, everybody. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks, fabulous, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Remember, Le you guys out there. Remember. You go to rockback pages to their website. What's what's the website address, guys?
4: Rocksbackpages.com.
2: There you, you go. Fig-
4: You're gonna have to figure out how to spell that yourself. Just right. put in rocks back pages. It should, it should pop up. And,
2: Enjoy. And, yeah, and, you thank know, you know, follow their podcast. It's on the Pantheon Podcast, just like we are. You know where we are every week. You guys follow us. Remember to like, share, do all the good stuff, and we will see you next
0: week.